0: This is the last of the series. Uh, we're going to talk about bargaining with God. Simon the sorcerer, Simon Magus, uh, Simon the magician uh, in Acts uh, chapter 8. And let, me, let me read the scripture for you. Dr. Luke writes, I don't know how many of you know this, but uh, the, uh, Luke, the apostle, wrote the book of Acts. And he says, many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, amazing the people of Samaria and claiming to be someone great. Everyone, from the least to the greatest, often spoke of him as the Great One, the power of God. They listened closely to him because for a long time, He had astounded them with his magic. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, and he was amazed by the signs and great miracles Philip performed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, They sent Peter and John there. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for those new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come. We talked about this this morning, about the Holy Spirit's uh, ministry. Then Peter and John laid their hands on these believers and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given when the apostles laid their hands on, on people... He offered them money to buy this power. He says, Let me have this power too, he exclaimed, so that when I lay my hands on people they will receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter replied, May your money be destroyed with you for thinking God's gift can be bought. You can have no part of this, for your heart is not right with God. Repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord, pray to the Lord, perhaps He will forgive your evil thoughts for I can see that you are full of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. Pray to the Lord pray to the Lord for me, Simon exclaimed that these terrible things you said won't happen to me. We ask that God would add his blessing to the reading of the word of his word this morning. You know we've talked about uh, Old Testament people for the past few weeks and this week I want to look at a very little, uh, 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 seldom Talked about, discussed uh, character in the New Testament, Simon, and he was Simon the sorcerer, and and his story is found in Acts eight. Now, I love haggling. Anybody in here a haggler? I love I, I do I love haggling, and uh, and my wife hates it. I start to haggle and she walks away. Now, first of all. She clears her throat, coughs, stomps her foot. She, yeah, have you been with her? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to get the deal, tell her what, and make her stay at home, and then you can... off oh, anything, anything. And, and uh, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. All they can do is say no, and you walk off. And, and who likes garage sales? Show a hand, garage sales. Come on, get your hands up. That garage sales are the perfect place to develop your haggle. That's, I mean, that, it is. That's that's where you can that's where you can get to you can get it. And and there's a certain feeling of accomplishment after working out a good bargain for something that I buy. Uh, Sears going out of business, and we needed a mattress. And after wearing down, <laughs> look at her, look at her. <laughs> I haven't even started. After wearing this sales lady down and Sarita has walked off, giving me the look five different times, I, I got this gal right where I want her. You know, We went to the mattress. <laughs> and uh, the prices were fixed and, and uh, I got a great buy. We got a great buy. And so she goes home feeling good that we didn't spend a whole bunch of money on the mattress but she didn't want to be around when the deal was being made i don't care if it's a mattress a car i don't care if it's a flower pot you can always get it for less doesn't hurt to ask but you know some of you probably have been on the wrong end of a deal and instead of getting a bargain you felt ripped off maybe maybe with a car deal But this morning, I'm not going to be talking about bargaining for stuff. You see, there's people in the world that want to bargain for spiritual things. They want to get a deal from God. And, and bargain is a tricky word. It can be used as a noun or it can be used as a verb. Uh, as, a, as a noun, it's, uh, or as a, as a verb, no, as a, as a noun, I got a bargain, and it refers to getting a good deal on something. When it's a a verb, you know, I bargained for a keyboard, it's working out terms for the exchange of something. Well, with Simon here, he was using the verb. He wanted to get a bargain from Philip. And then Peter and John show up, and, and Peter took him to the woodshed. How many of you have ever found yourself in a crisis situation, and you find yourself praying, "God, bless me by removing this mountain of debt," or "Bless me by doing this," or "Or if you only do this, and 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 I promise, Lord, you get me out of this bind. Any excess that I have, I'll give to missions, or I'll give to uh, I'll give to the to." Uh, Alpha Christian home. I'll give to this, I'll give to that. Just, just get me out of this. And, and Luke could have left out Simon's story and we still would have had an interesting look at uh, the lessons that were taught here in the region of Samaria. But Luke, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, chose to include the story of Simon in, his, in, this, gospel, in this account. And I want to focus on one as- just one aspect of uh, this particular event in Simon's life that communicates an important lesson to him in the Bible, but to you and I. And that lesson is you can't bargain for the things of the Holy Spirit. You can't do it. You cannot bargain for the things of the Holy Spirit. You can't bargain with God. And, and the things of the Spirit are not things that we can earn, work for, or buy. You know, I'm, I can't be good enough... I can't give enough. There's nothing that I can do. I can't join the right church. I don't care how many times you get baptized. Whatever you do, you cannot earn anything from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. And the things of the Spirit are the gifts of God and come by simple faith, belief, and willingness to receive it. And as we look closely at Simon's offer, there are a few things that can be said about about it that that highlight why Peter would be giving such a strong rebuke. I mean, Peter was really upset about this. And and, uh, in thinking that the gift of God could be purchased with money, he was communicating the idea that the wealth of the world is sufficient for anything. You have enough money, you can get anything that you want, including spiritual things. if you have enough of whatever you want if if you have enough or it can get you it can get you whatever you want because it's a way to obtain stuff and it's a way to obtain all things relating to spiritual life the fuzzy th- thinking in this is perpetuated too often in church world how many times do people I and mean, you hear this they, they overvalue the resources of the world when compared to the things of God. Let me give you a, an example. The person stops tithing because they didn't see the blessings of God like that. Or it didn't come about, they they, uh, uh, they claim Malachi about when God says trust me to see if it's true. There's, there's some some things that have to be done for that to happen. Just because you give you can't sit back and say, "Okay, God, you didn't. I did my part. I gave ten bucks. Now, why can't you do your part? Why are you letting me down? Why aren't you? Why aren't you uh, uh, honoring the claim that you made in Scripture?" And you end up bargaining with God, and God doesn't operate that way. And so he's so Simon here is is saying that that uh, I want. What you've got, and, and how much is it going to cost me? So the person who stops tithing, is that why you gave your money, so that God would bless you? What about some of the promises that God has made that we've heard earlier in Scripture? Or, or what about some of our actions? You know, we do this, and God, you don't show up, you don't come through. Well, God's always there, but we ask amiss. There are many people who, who think that by going to church and by reading the Bible regularly and by praying on a daily basis and by volunteering in ministry, God is, pleased, is, is more pleased with them and He'll do more for them. This isn't so. If that's your mindset, you're overvaluing the wealth of the world and overvaluing, overvaluing what you're doing for God. Friends, you can't, you can't buy it. Ephesians, these things uh, we don't do these things to please God. We do them because of the joy that He's already pleased with us. In, in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So suppose your best friend comes by one day. And they, they have a special gift for you. And they come by the house and they give it to you and, and you, uh, uh, you say, well, uh, how much did it cost? I'll, I'll, I'll pay you back. And, and that the, the, the problem there is they probably would take this as an insult because a gift can't be bought. A gift is exactly that, a gift. I'm giving you this. You don't have to do anything for it. And it must be accepted for what it is, something freely given and unmerited. If you have to pay for a gift or do something for it, it's, it's not a gift. Because true gifts are freely given and freely received. Yeah. Uh, Christians, young, particularly young Christians, who, who've gotten saved out of, out of a, kind of a tough spot in life, really have a hard time receiving something just because somebody wants to give it to them. They do. They say, well, you know, I can't, I can't do that. You know, pride gets in the way. My advice is be thankful. Close your teeth together, put your teeth together, and accept the gift because somebody has had it laid on their heart by God to give you something. You know, it's the same way with our salvation. Simon failed to see and accept the truth, and God offers us salvation as a free gift. He, he doesn't attach strings to it because... It'd make it something else. In addition to any attempt on our part, no matter how small, to pay for our salvation by doing something, giving up something, it's an insult to God. Look at what Scripture says in John 6, 29, 28. They replied, We want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them. This is only this this is this this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one God. He has sent. You want to do something for God? Believe. Simon thought he could purchase it with worldly wealth. In fact, he went a step further in insulting God and thinking that he could purchase the ability to give God's gift. So he says, I want that power. And he grossly overvalued his resources and he undervalued the gift of God. Simon perceived Peter, John, and Philip being the ones in control of the power when in reality... It was God. they were just the conduits. When you look at the story, you can't help but wonder why he wanted to become a christian and And uh, think about that for a minute. Uh, it said that that uh, Simon believed. and uh, I think when you look at uh, when you look at the original language here. It, it was not actual belief, but it was intellectual assent. It was agreement. And that's all that Simon did. Simon didn't accept Christ as his Savior. Simon agreed that there was a power, and when he saw this power, he wanted a piece of the action. And so, in so doing, it caused him to make these assumptions that, that God said uh, uh, through, the, through the apostles that it wasn't right. He traded his, his wand <laughs> for the cross. He, he traded incantations for prayers. He, he traded, the object of, uh, traded being the object of everyone's affections and awe and wonder for being a servant. And he didn't like that. And when you read the whole story, you see Simon just wanted power. And he was a man who wanted to trade one power, magic... For another, I'm astounded by people who can do, who can do magic tricks. I mean, it, and, and true magicians will tell you, this is sleight of hand. This, this, there's nothing to it. If you learned it, you could do it too. And when you hear the, if, if you ever uh, saw on YouTube the mass magician, and he tells how all these tricks are done, and he does it, and he shows you how they're done, and you thought, what a rip-off. I've been gypped. It's that easy? And, and that's exactly what Simon, as the magician, was doing. This wasn't true power. It was sleight of hand. It was fakery. He wanted to trade his, his magic for God's power and put it under his control. So he looked and he saw Philip healing and teaching and doing all sorts of wonderful things through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he wanted that because he wanted that name. He wanted that notoriety. He wanted the ability to impart the Holy Spirit and use the power of the Spirit for his own gain. He was going to charge for it. How cool would that be? You know, I'm going to heal you, and uh, it's going to cost you 50 bucks. And, and uh, <laughs> it didn't work. But what other than money do we usually want from God? We try and haggle with God because we want God to fit into our little picture of him. We take God out of our pocket and ask him to perform and and when he's done, we stick him right back in our pocket. We treat God as a pet. Say, yay God, thanks. And it's okay to ask God for things. Trust me on this. There's nothing wrong with asking God. But it's the attitude with which we approach God that matters, especially when it relates to things which are spiritual in nature. We devalue or undervalue the things of God and the gift of God when we try to bargain with Him. Don't bargain with God. It, it doesn't work. It's counterproductive. When you look at, when you look at what, what, uh, what Peter said, he says, may your money be destroyed with you For thinking God's gift can be bought. When you look at that word destroyed, it means to be burnt up. So he's saying, May your money, Simon, and you uh, be destroyed. You can have no part in this for your heart is not right with God. You know this is God speaking through Peter, and he's saying, "Your heart's not right." Now I tease you guys. I tease, I tease you all the time, you know that your head ain't right, or you need to take your medication. And that's teasing, but never, your heart's not right with God. And, and so, he says, repent of your wickedness and pray to the Lord, perhaps your evil thoughts will be forgiven. For I can see that you're full of bitter jealousy and held captive by sin. I mean, everybody and their brother thought Simon was, was the be-all and end-all. But Peter, with laser focus, bore right into his heart and saw what he was made up of, saw what he was desiring. He he uh, he was able to to really slap him and say that you know you're going to perish with your money, but you know pray that pray that God will forgive you and you'll repent. And yet, look at what Simon says. Pray to the Lord for me. I don't want anybody praying for me for a problem like that. I mean, pray for me. Intercede. But don't pray for me because I've got a problem in my life and I ask you, rather than me praying to God myself, pray to the Lord for me that these terrible things you said won't happen to me. Now, is this a man of God? No. No. This is a man who had... A, saw an opportunity to capitalize on this thing called Christianity, and there's a lot of Christians that do that. You know, they'll they'll uh, they'll jump through whatever hoops uh, there are for a woman, a relationship. They're thinking that, hey, if I'm a Christian, I'm squeaky clean, and you're gonna you're gonna fall madly in love with me, and uh, I'll 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 do it, and then. Nothing happens after that, and not only is their faith shallow, the relationship becomes shallow as well. So, wrapping this 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 whole thing up, it, that that uh, when people. Bargain trying to bargain with God in some way they're really saying they don't want God to be in control. I want to control it. And they're really they're really saying they have they have to offer what they have to offer is greater than what God has to offer, but hoping they'll get something a better deal in return. So they you know, let's make a deal, and that's what they're doing. They're saying to God, Let's I, I want to make a deal with you. And and when this takes place in a person's life, it's often the very thing that people are bargaining with that drags them down and away from God. A person could say, Lord, it would mean everything to me if I could have this job. If I could help you get this job, if, if, if you help me get this job, I promise to volunteer in Sunday school for the rest of my life. And the problem is that if you don't get the job, you start to think, well, maybe I didn't offer enough. Maybe I've displeased God. Maybe. Notice what's happening. The person becomes more and more consumed with getting something than in what he's doing for God and allowing God to do with him. Peter proclaims to Simon that, that he'd have no part or share in the ministry because his heart wasn't right before God. And, and, and he, his heart wasn't right because he overvalued wealth and undervalued God's gift. It was his pride and bitterness that uh, Simon approached the apostles with his offer. And it was in his pride that he thought the Holy Spirit was under the control of the apostles and he should be able to purchase this from them. You know, everybody has a price, right? Everybody has a price. You, you uh, offer enough money or enough stuff or enough talent, enough service, you get whatever you want. Not so with God. And that's why Simon would have no part of the ministry of the disciples for it's a ministry of the humble, not of the proud. A ministry of the meek and that of the, of the surrendered. It belongs to those who've given up control over their lives and exchanged it for the life of Christ. Anytime a person bargains with God, they're really doing it, doing it out of a heart filled with Pride. And why do I say this? Well, because they're thinking that they can influence anything that God can do by what they're willing to do in return. And that, my friends, is the ugly head of pride. Uh, I want to emphasize I'm not saying that we shouldn't ask God for things, that we shouldn't communicate our needs to Him, that we shouldn't intercede in prayer for others. But what I am saying is don't bargain with God. Present your request before Him and leave the rest up to him. And he'll work it out in his timing. Peter had a great rebuke for Simon and it speaks for all of us who recognize a little Simon in our lives as well. But he holds out some hope. He says, repent of your wicked heart and pray to God. He says, perhaps the Lord will forgive you. And, and no one else... But God, he had to come to the. Well, he had to come to the uh, before the Lord in repentance. He had to surrender his life. He had to take that step of belief. He had to receive God's forgiveness. That's what Simon needed to do, and he rejected it. And there may be some of you here today who recognize you're bargaining for the things, the spiritual things in your life. And I hope that you've been warned off by by the life of Simon. Maybe you've overvalued the wealth of the world. Maybe you've undervalued the gift of God. And if you find yourself in this position, you need to repent and pray to God this morning for His forgiveness. Let's pray. Lord, I, I do thank You so very much for Your Word. I thank you, Lord, for this account in the life of Simon the Sorcerer. Lord, it's a, it's a tragic story when we hear of people who, who have tried to trade their talents, their money, their, their position for the things of God. And, Lord, we look at that and we see that, that it's, it's, the source is, is, is pride. And, Father, may we not be guilty of having a proud and haughty spirit, but, Lord, that through your example, we seek to serve you and praise you and honor you for all that you've done for us. Lord, I would ask today if there is one here that does not know Jesus as their Savior, may this be the day that they come to that place and say, Lord Jesus, I, I've kind of I've been playing this bargain game with God and I, I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want you to be the Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and save me. I believe when you died on the cross... You died in, his pla- in, in my place that I might have eternal life. Thank you for the gift of eternal life, Lord. And, and I praise you for it all. In your son's precious name. Amen.